0: Welcome to the Best I Can podcast. My name is Bailey, your host. I am so, so, so grateful that you are here and you're taking a little bit of time out of your day that we can spend together in this episode here. If you want to stay tuned for future episodes, hit that follow button and leave a review with your thoughts. I would love to know them. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or just want to share a story, Please email into the best i can inbox at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Good morning, my beautiful ladybugs. Just listen to the birds today. i am out in my woods as per usual i'm still home and the neighbor is the neighboring farm is actually doing across the field some construction so you might be able to hear some of the hammering (laughs) but i don't really have any other time to record so you can enjoy the birds of the the noises of the birds and also the construction so let's talk about what's been happening in my life so like i said in the last episode i have been home for the month of may and really i've just been working remote from my position and i've been out in my woods Painting, reading, I've been catching up with friends from high school, um, going to coffee, hanging out, catching up. It's really, it's really interesting hanging out with people who are from your high school, Um, especially because it's been so long. It's kind of fun to like reminisce, but also at the same time, it's very, uh, also at the same time, it's just, I know that I'm a very different person. I know they're a very different person. And I feel like I was journaling right before we hung out and I wrote, I was like, every single time we go so long without seeing each other that every single time I see them. So much has happened. I feel like almost a different person almost every single time Or I've learned so much. I've changed so much just because I'm growing and changing at such a fast rate within college and everything that's been going on that every single time I see them, I feel like I'm a a very like different person or I'm showing up in a different way. And it usually feels in a better way. But then at the same time, it's like, it's hard to navigate that um and and we when we were hanging out one of my friends from high school we were like best friends in high school and we went through a lot in this friend group and we watched these videos that she had saved on her phone that we made um and we it's so funny the things you would do in high school we would go like live on instagram all the time and do like fun challenges and one of them was like the baby food challenge where like you would have to feed the other person baby food and they would try to guess what kind it was and we had like gross disgusting ones and it was really funny but we watched that back and it was so weird to like watching that back all of us interacting you can see the dynamics so distinctly in the way that everyone felt about each person and I don't know, like I watched myself and I was like, wow, I was, I was sitting there and I was kind of almost embarrassed. I was like, I was annoying and like bossy and I don't know, but I try not to hold any resentment for my past self or really past it all. Cause I know I, I know that that person was just doing the best they could, you know? But it was very interesting because I saw myself, my past self, in a new light that I hadn't really ever seen. Like, watching a video of yourself talk and interact with your friends, you just see your past self in a way that, like, looking at old photos or remembering memories, you don't see. So that was really interesting. Um, And it kind of caused me a lot of reflection. And... I like reflecting on my past. Um I don't think we should dwell there or hold it in any in any in any bitter or resentful or angry sense. Um but I do like I like coming home. I used to not like it because it's I was at this market with my parents. I've been spending a lot of time with my parents, which has been really nice. Um, and my mom and I was at the market. There was this like art, it was like fine art market or whatever. So then they closed down one of the streets in my town and you, uh, there were all these tents and you just walk and there was all the artists and their art and stuff. And obviously I love art and painting and all of that. So that's something I really wanted to go to. So I dragged my parents there. They ended up having a lot of fun, which is good. And we just walked the street and looked at all the f- vendors and talked to the artists. I got this really cool ring. Um, it's It was like $100 and I've never spent that much on anything. But it was like a handcrafted ring. And it's gold and silver. And it's an angel. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's like an angel sleeping. Okay, like it's a face. Okay, <laughs> so there's like an a carved face. And it's really small but it's a card face and then it's the angel's gold hair swept over their shoulder and then the angel wing tucked in behind the hair so it's like a sleeping angel on but not her body or anything it's really just her face hair and the wing um but it's not like very big but it's gold and silver so I can wear it every single day hard to explain but it's a really cool piece now, I've never seen anything like it so I bought it and I like to support local artists and and um, The person was really cool, actually, and I, I talked to the, the guy who worked there, and him and his, like, brother-in-law make all of the jewelry, and it was all very unique and handcrafted and um, really cool. And he actually comes to Phoenix, Arizona, where I go to school and live on my own, and he goes there, actually, for, like, different fairs and stuff, so he got my email, and he said he would, like, email me if there were any other art things that he was going to be in which was cool. He was really nice. And anyway, I was walking at this market and I ran into this girl from my high school that I was not really friends with, um, very much. Like we were like, we weren't like, we didn't have any problems or anything. We just weren't very close. She wasn't someone that I really hung out with or like associated with, I guess you could say, but we ran into each other and she came up to me and was like, Bailey. And gave me a hug and it was so weird because like it took my brain a minute to really like register not who she was but like just flip back into like okay high school mode who's this girl like I don't even think about most of the people in high school because it just almost feels like another person another life at this point and so it was really weird running into her but it was nice catching up and i i i was talking to her and as we're, after we left um i was thinking and i was like i am i was sad that i didn't get to know her better in high school and i was sad that it's just funny that most of the people that i cared about or tried to impress or surrounded myself with or put in energy into my relationship with them like though I don't talk to almost any of those people anymore I don't I don't click with them I don't share same approaches um, or life life approaches or I don't know I just don't click with them anymore I've I really don't talk to very many people from high school anymore but the people I have found myself connecting with that I still maintain a relationship with there's a few that obviously I was like I mentioned, I'd, I'd catch up and get coffee, but the people that I really identify with, relate to, connect with, feel safe with, are the most of them are the people who I was not really friends with in high school. We were in the same grade, didn't really see them. Maybe we, you know, ended up one girl, we ended up working at the same, actually two, two of the people I still really hold in a positive light I guess internally I worked with them right after high school I graduated and we ended up working at the same ice cream shop after and so got to know them a lot more and created these connections and I really didn't one of the girls I barely even like noticed in high school which again is like disappointing I guess in myself but I think I wasn't the type of person in high school who could have connected with her now in the way I can it's hard to explain without like revealing any like details but if that makes sense I feel like who I am now can now connect with her certain people I couldn't really connect with in high school um and I don't really connect with oh there's a little bunny I don't really connect with the people I did or talk to the people that I did most I don't talk to I'm not even kidding you I think I talked have talked to one guy from my high school since graduating or in the last like two years um I just got out of that and realized that those were not people that I felt good around I didn't feel safe around I didn't feel like they had any sort of emotional depth like the other people that I have now met out in you know my college or out in the world and so I don't yeah so anyway very interesting to just run into people and every time I leave the house I realize like I'm probably gonna see someone I know which is such a weird thing and I I, and when I was having coffee with my friend from high school we were talking and we were like I wonder how people talk about us you know and I don't really ever think about that but we were just talking we were like I wonder how you know the guys from our grade that we were friends with or the girls or whatever I wonder how when we come up in conversations how they talk about us and I'm very consciously aware of how I talk about people that I went to high school with with people I still choose to let into my life and I try really hard not to just sit and talk about negative things Um, it's funny because I, I remember we were, one time I was hanging out with my friend from high school, one of them, and she just like, just, I noticed every time she brought someone up, it was a very like, oh, did you hear? Oh, did you, oh, they've gained so much weight. Did you see that on Instagram? And I just remember looking at her and thinking like, I don't want to talk about this like I don't want why is this like your first instinct to share about people like for me I'm like oh I hope they're doing okay like I wonder what they're up to like oh I remember in high school when like we did this like that was so fun those are the things that come into my brain I don't want to sit there and talk about how they gained weight that's not something that matters to me or even is a bad thing to me so like it's just that like those differences I do notice and in high school I would have probably joined right in on those conversations but it's just not those things don't matter to me I don't find those things fulfilling I don't leave those conversations feeling better or energized or I don't feel like I love like I'm not creating an environment of love in those type of conversations and I think a lot of and I and I hate the okay honestly this might be growing up in the strict church but I really don't like the word like gossip I, and the whole stigma around gossiping and I think there's some truth to that but I also think some some Christians that I've talked to are just like too extreme with that and they literally won't talk about anything cuz it's gossiping you know what I mean but I think Those type of conversations where you could put the label of gossiping or whatever. It's just, like, there is no love in what you're speaking. There's no concern. It's, like, you don't care about who you're talking about, you know? It's, like, there's no... I don't know. Um, And so I finally said... I was, like, you realize, like, since we were hanging out, like, you've mentioned these people's appearance and like things that like i don't need to even know or like little secrets that you've heard around the town and i'm like i don't need to know those things and i think she i don't know it's hard because like approach because i don't really want to talk about that type of stuff but then it's like they feel bad so it is it's a hard thing to navigate but all that to say coming home leads to a lot of reflecting, leads to a lot of thinking about my past self, my past way of existing. Being home on my meds is also a completely different experience because I'm not... I can show up in a more authentic way that's not overwhelmed by my anxiety or depression. And I can... Yeah, I just feel like I can show up in a much healthier way, a much more consistent feels safe way internally. And so that being said, I also want to mention tomorrow something I'm kind of nervous about. Tomorrow um that I am getting my wisdom teeth out. So that's another reason I came home is I'm getting my wisdom teeth out tomorrow. So I at 10 a.m. I can't eat past midnight and at 10 a.m. I'm going to get my wisdom teeth out. I only have two that have to get removed and I'm just like nervous. I don't like getting put under. I don't like not feeling in control. I don't like the idea that I'm going to be completely at the will of like a stranger. And I know it's like they're doctors and this is their job and there's going to be lots of people around like that. I know all that, but at the same time, there's something very like humbling or just give you have to give up control to get surgery like you get put under and you're at the mercy of another person and like that is a scary thought to me and as someone who I how how terrifying that is to me maybe shows that I have I like control a lot um which is something to think about but I am nervous but at the same time I know it'll be okay and my My sister's actually in town visiting because I'm home and we wanted to kind of all overlap and spend time together with my parents and fortunately my other sister couldn't be here but at least like most of my family is here and so we are going to spend time together rowing thrifting later today Um, but I am nervous to get my wisdom teeth out and it's just is going to suck you know not being able to eat and just like being in pain being on painkillers like I just don't want to do any of that you know but it's part of life and it's I think, again, it's just, like, humbling, like, to remember, to remember, like, our bodies need care and that we get sick and we, we need to take good care of our bodies, you know? And so I've been taking really good care of, like, eating really healthy, um, doing my greens um, in the morning and um, due to collagen and like getting prepared to help my body be in a way that it can heal as fast as possible just because I don't want to be feeling miserable very long because I have a very limited amount of time here and want to make the most of it. So there's that. And then, oh guys, I haven't thrifted. Okay. So twice now I have gone to, um, twice now I have gone to by myself when my parents are like my dad's at work and my mom is like gone doing something or she like went on a trip to go visit one of her friends or whatever so I was home alone and I just didn't want to be home alone anymore so I went to this coffee shop um in one of the neighboring towns and it was so cute and I journaled and read and whatever and then I went thrifting and I did that twice now so I went to two different towns and they have these little local thrift stores anyway I've gotten so many good things and this last time that I went the thrift store was doing a sale where all their clothes were three dollars everything you could fit in a bag which another thrift store I went to earlier was doing a six dollar deal so everything you could fit in the bag was six dollars but this one was three that is such a good deal so I filled up a bag and got lots of fun stuff and I just that is so cheap you guys and like I loved all the pieces they were all so unique and I got this like checkered green jacket and these Levi jeans and gold uh this gold necklace and gold earrings that are like really good quality vintage this vintage skirt long like flowy skirt uh what else did i get oh i got this like button up um like top blouse but i'm but it's like kind of like the pattern has see-through areas and so i'm gonna wear it like just as like a jacket but it's really cute it's like green Um, I've really been into green lately so that's just been a lot of fun and talking really quickly before we dive in because I realize I've been talking kind of a long time but that's what always happens (laughs) anyway uh diving before we dive into what today's episode is about the two books I've been reading since coming home I have been reading The Four Agreements uh, by Don Miguel And this is a Taltic, that's hard for me to say, a Taltic wisdom book. And it says, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. Um, And this is a, I'm reading this because I've, I've heard and seen a lot of non, people who wouldn't identify as Christian um mention it and saying that it changed their life, changed the way they viewed things was super eye-opening and there's a lot of wisdom in the book. And one thing I'm trying to do lately is read things that necessarily aren't written by someone exactly like me and find and use my trust my discernment to learn things. I don't have to identify or believe or agree with every single aspect in this book, but I think that there's wisdom that can be found in the book you just have to be careful but i also think that there is something so respectable and something that deserves respect about indigenous and the Toxic group i believe uh was in mexico it was a in what was i guess what is mexico now but a group in Mexico that I'm trying to look yeah in Mexican desert an indigenous group so just talking and he now their wisdom and way of life and approach to things and beliefs were passed down through these teachers to now this current man Who is sharing them in this book. And I think there's something so beautiful. And like, I think uh, many indigenous groups just can... They just had such a stripped down version of life compared to what we have now. And there's these... They just can see things that we... Could see things that we couldn't now. um, Because of all the distractions and complications and technology and social media and and things like that and so i really read this book out of respect for their pursuit of wisdom even if i don't agree with everything but i i've i've taken a lot of little tidbits here and there um and just learned a lot about different ways people think which I think is so important. So, I'm only about halfway through with that, but I really enjoyed reading it so far. And then the other book I'm reading is called Alone with You in the Ether by Al- uh, who's it by? Olivia Blake and this is she actually self published this book which i think is really cool i heard about it on tiktok and everyone was saying it's our f- new favorite romance book and it's such a like realistic romance love story and i've heard a lot of people on tiktok my for you page which oh i didn't even mention but since i've been home i actually deleted social media which has been really really good um the only social media i kept was pinterest cuz i like to go on there just for inspiration for painting or just I really like Pinterest and I don't I don't find myself going on it for like hours and hours it's really just like a 10 minute looking for something type thing so I kept Pinterest but I really deleted everything else anyway but before I deleted it I heard this alone with you recommendation book recommendation how it's self-published it's really good so I thought I would order it just as I like self I like supporting self-published authors and I'm almost done I have like 50 pages left or like a no like 50 and i have mixed feelings about it i it's very realistic very dynamic characters very flawed characters um very i think it's a beautiful love story i don't it's very complicated because you know people are very flawed and people aren't perfect and and to every relationship is two flawed people coming together and choosing to love those flaws, and help people become the best version of themselves. But regardless, loving them, you know. But I think this book depicts mental illness and that that in a relationship, very interestingly. I think I think I like the way it... Because it just feels so realistic. I do like that, but I think... I think at some points, I feel like it's a little... Unrealistic, and I guess what what it, what's so what feels so unrealistic to me, which maybe this is just from my personal experiences, but is the way that these two very unique characters who are kind of difficult people who struggle more, I would say, than the average person to have relationships. Um, the way that they completely wholly accept each other and just everything is so perfect for each other when they finally, um, end up together. It just feels a little bit unrealistic, which again, I guess I'm kind of in the part where they're finally together and they're in this honeymoon phase. So maybe the remainder of the book is when things get a little bit more realistic and they argue and whatever. It's just so hard for me to grasp. Honestly, what's so hard is that I cannot grasp the way or relate to the way that the main character man accepts the woman in the book. And like, it just seems so unrealistic to me because I've never met um, anyone (laughs) in real life who I think would be that unconditionally loving, I guess. So maybe that's just me being cynical um and it doesn't I guess books don't have to be realistic to be a good story right but I do find myself as I read almost wishing that it was this was real you know that there were people like that and I'm sure there are I just have yet to encounter them but I do I do really like the writing I find myself annotating the book a lot and highlighting and thought-provoking um, the characters have so many little quirks that I think are so humanizing to the character and really give it this, like, give, they give them this dynamic depth that real humans have, you know? And that's what makes you get so connected to the characters, too. So I do I do really like it, and there's definitely, like, I would recommend it, but I also think it's definitely, like, an adult romance, if you know what I'm saying. So... Those are the books I've been reading. And now let's get into what we are talking about today, which is loneliness. And I, a few reasons why this topic came to mind for me. And one reason is, as I mentioned earlier, as I'm home and reflecting and thinking about high school and sleeping in my same bed that I did in high school and living in my room and wearing high school clothes, Um, I would, I was thinking about the loneliness that I felt so much in high school. The, the lack of deep connection or feeling unloved, not feeling surrounded by a lot of people who I felt like really loved me and, and not, and not... And not knowing myself or being able to exist in a way where I could be alone. Um, And if I was alone, it was a negative experience, typically, internally. Uh, I would feel lonely. I would feel sad. I would feel scared. I would, not always, but a lot of the times, I would need to distract myself. I would need to read. And there was a lot of things that I ran from and i think that's why i was so extroverted in high school and always wanted to hang out with people was because i was lonely and i i also wanted to talk about this topic because i was on the phone with one of my friends who was back in phoenix she was saying how she feels like she has lost a lot of friends recently for one reason or another whether they move away or they've had to distance themselves because it wasn't a healthy friendship or whatever and she was saying how she just feels like she doesn't have any friends and she feels lonely and it's hard because she's we're best one of one of my best friends and I'm not there so I think that's also making it kind of feel more drastic these changes and we were talking about loneliness and that just got me thinking and you know, I sent her a text after our conversation and said I just wanted to encourage her and I sent her this whole long text, um, just like reminding her of who she is and all the great things she has to bring and that if and just like if those friends aren't in your life because of respecting your boundaries and honoring yourself, then that is beautiful and that is inspiring and and you might still feel a little lonely, but I think you can comfort yourself in that. It is better to be surrounded by two friends who truly love you, respect your boundaries, and support you and encourage you than 10 friends who don't or 10 friends who just maybe don't show up for you in that way. And so we were talking about that and that also inspired me to... Talk about this topic, and another reason, um, I was reading through. I just like to write, I like to write poetry, I like to write just different things and just thoughts, whatever. And I was reading a poem that I wrote when I was in high school. I, I don't know if it's a poem or just like a thought, but I was reading one that I wrote in high school. Um, That really, I read it and I was like, wow, that I'm in such a different place. And my whole view on being alone and loneliness and just myself has changed so drastically. And so I thought I would read it for you guys. Trying to find it. You know, I would like to make an episode reading... Some of these things that I've written, um, listen to the birds while I try to find this in my phone, <laughs> okay. It is titled Loneliness and I wrote this I wonder if I can see what year I wrote it. I'm not sure, but I think maybe junior year, senior year of high school. And it says, one of the worst things in the world is being completely lonely. You don't really lo- <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> you don't really know loneliness until it's your only friend. Not until you feel alienated from every relationship you hold dear. The thing about loneliness is you you can't begin to comprehend it until it's too late. And I think that is very encompassing of how I was feeling for a lot of my high school experience. Um, Don't get me wrong, obviously, I I had friends and I love my friends and I'm so grateful for them and all that, but there was just an internal thing going on that wasn't even contingent on the situations, contingent on the people in my life. I think I would have felt that way because of how I viewed being alone and myself and loneliness, how I viewed it, no matter what externally, no matter how many friends I had, how perfect or not perfect those friends were, I think I still would have felt lonely. No matter what. Um, And then I want to read you. Right? And then the pandemic hits. Then we go to college. Then the pandemic hits. We go home from college. And we spend so much time alone. And the world spends so much time alone. And we all have to sit with ourselves. In a way that we probably wouldn't have done unless we were forced to. And in a way that caused a lot of things to surface globally globally all over and I I know everyone probably can think as soon as I say that you think of all the things that you went through in that however long you had to quarantine or not visit people during that summer when it was first starting you couldn't see anyone you're supposed to stay in your house and so much time alone people were isolated to their apartments completely alone I think about in New York City those tiny studio apartments when people literally couldn't leave them unless they absolutely had to like I can't even imagine how stark of a difference that would feel luckily when I quarantined I was with my family but I still had all of my college distractions and friends and things stripped away and and I I think that's what really caused me to to Dissect this feeling of loneliness, this existence that I have within my own self, with myself, relationship with myself. Um, that that I no one would have done that if, I mean, not maybe not no one, but most people probably would never have had to sit with that um, if the pandemic hadn't have happened. And so, since then lots of different changes and struggles and things. Um, I wrote just to show you the stark difference between that, what I just read in high school and what I wrote at some point in 2021, which I will find here in my journal. So this kind of represents more similar to how i feel now uh about loneliness being alone kind of my view and state of existence i wrote i woke up early to watch the sunrise and I'm on top of the parking garage listening to frank sinatra living my best life i am learning to love doing things alone Sometimes it takes taking away the quote, good distractions for us to grow. I've spent more time alone than I have in my entire life recently. And while my brain tells me I should feel lonely, my heart says it's okay this way too. I miss life sometimes before the pandemic when I used to not think twice about being in a crowd of people, but at the same time, I'm grateful that this semester was this way. Mask, distance, lonely, a little lonely is all right. And this was, now that I'm looking, I think I wrote this my first semester back to school when the pandemic, we still wear masks, but it wasn't, we could go back to college. Um, yeah. So I think that represents how, and I feel like I've, that was even a year ago, so I've changed significantly even since then, I feel, but I I definitely feel like that was one step closer to how how I am now. And I also wanted to read some quotes that I have found over the years about loneliness. Some of them... I would say relate more to my prior take on it, and some I feel like are more how I feel now. The first one is the irony of loneliness is we all feel it at the same time. And that's by Ruby. I love their writing and their poetry so much. Um, This one I found was titled Cure for Loneliness. I have found no other cure for loneliness than to befriend it. To sit with it, feel it, learn it. Every vibration and every ache. I tried to drink it away. I tried tried to drink it away. I tried to smoke it away. I ran for miles and sang and cursed. But there is no other cure for loneliness than to befriend it. I think loneliness will never be cured really but but I there's I don't know if I really like that word for it but I think you will never you will never heal what needs to be healed internally by avoiding and running from loneliness and we do that by distractions we do that with other people and all of those things necessarily aren't bad but you're running from yourself you can't even exist with yourself I mean those you're just you're never gonna feel content you're never gonna feel satisfied you're never gonna feel not some type of loneliness another one I really liked it's the called the capacity to be alone The capacity to be alone is the capacity to love it may it may look paradoxical paradoxical yeah to you but it is not it is an existential truth only these people who are capable of being alone are capable of love of sharing of going into the deepest core of the other person without possessing the other without becoming dependent on the other without reducing the other to a thing without becoming addicted to the other. They allow for the other absolute freedom because they know that if other if the other leaves, they will also be okay and they will be as happy as they are now. Their happiness cannot be taken by the other because it is not given by the other. That's by Osho. That is very true because not only not only once you can befriend loneliness, not only once you can learn to sit with yourself, to cherish yourself in, lo- in, in your alone time, once being alone isn't something to run from, something to fear, there is this stability, there is this, yeah, stability that allows you to show up completely different in your relationships than you could before. To be fulfilled in those relationships, which you previously used to try to run from the loneliness. But the funny ironic part is that you can't even, those relationships are never going to fill your loneliness, but even more so they can't when you utilize them as a distraction and selfishly. And you are dependent on that person and you are not, it's not unconditional, that relationship. Because as soon as they stop being a distraction and stop numbing that feeling of loneliness or you have a few minutes where you sit alone, you realize that there's this deep... of your existence missing because you're missing you and you're missing sitting with you and i remember i remember this one time it's so funny when like you grow up and you just like realize these basic things but they're so profound but then when you say them they sound so stupid but like they're so basic but profound and life-changing but until you realize them it like changes everything but i remember i was sitting there and i one time did this challenge my senior year of high school and it was i was trying to read a book a week so i spent a lot of time reading a lot of time alone reading and i actually did the challenge which i'm really proud of (laughs) in every interview when they ask what is like your biggest accomplishment or what's something you're really proud of i always that's like always my first example because it's i decided to do something challenging i stuck with it followed through actually read more books I read like 56 or something, so I read even more than a book a week. Um, Anyway, back to what I was saying was, I was sitting there, and I remember I was just enjoying my own company so much. I was reading, and I felt perfectly content. And I remember thinking, this realization, and again, it sounds so basic, but I remember thinking, or so simple, and it is simple. I remember thinking, I... And my own friend. And I can turn to myself and my own company like I would a friend. And how much more healing and safe that space can be because it is always there. Internally. And then I can carry it with me. And and I almost saw myself as, like, another person in a way. Or I saw myself as someone who, like, my, being in my own company is, like, being in the presence of someone, if that makes sense. And it's kind of hard, it's hard to explain, but I, I started seeing myself in that way, and I, and it did, that is another big step in my journey to rewriting my idea on loneliness, befriending loneliness. And I, I mean, I don't even really feel by changing in that way, I don't really feel lonely very often, because I enjoy being alone. I crave it now. I can start to feel a difference in how I show up in every single way and work in friends, in my family in conversations, in social events, when I don't spend time alone, when I don't check in, when I don't cherish my own company, when I'm not having those moments. And again, it's like if you have these moments where you're alone but you do it, you hold that space in a negative way, in a negative view, in a in a, in a way that almost like being alone is like a punishment. I think sometimes we view it like, oh, I'm alone because I'm not doing something with someone or someone doesn't, I'm not entertaining enough that no one wants to be around me, so I'm alone. Like, we view it as a negative byproduct of something being wrong with us if you're alone. Or if you are left in a situation where you're alone. But I really just don't think that's true. I don't think... I don't think it's a negative thing. I don't think it's a punishment. I don't... And it takes... It takes so much courage to be able to sit with yourself. But I think that is the most healing thing. That is the most... And if you can't, and that's why I love therapy too, is because if you are in a place where you can sit with yourself alone, sitting with yourself with a therapist is also so beneficial. And those self-assessments, but having someone there, a trained professional to kind of hold your hand, not in a child coddling way, but in a empowering way. And that takes so much courage. And that, I think, being alone forces you to come face-to-face with so many things. And and so many people just run from that their whole life. I mean, it blows my mind when I meet adults who are still running. I just can't, I just can't even imagine. <laughs> but I think... I think being alone is one of the biggest blessings. And I also think, looking at it in a religious sense, I think that if you, depending on what you believe, but if you believe that God is with you no matter where you go, he is present everywhere. Well, there's a sense... Of also, you're never truly alone in that way. But I think I think a lot of Christians or just really religious people I've met kind of skip over that that vital, in my opinion, vital step of befriending yourself, sitting in that loneliness, because they just try to right away take explain explain that feeling away by, well, I'm never alone because God's always with me, and that. And they use that to never truly sit with those feelings. And I think this other quote that I really like is says, Remember, the time you feel lonely is the time you most need to be yourself and by yourself. It's by Douglas Coupland. And I think that's so true. I think, I think just like pain is a physical a physical reminder that something's something's wrong in your body right headaches like we have these physical symptoms to represent something internally physically wrong with our body that we should seek to correct or treat In the same way, I think loneliness is a symptom of something much deeper, not with your external surroundings necessarily, but I think internally it is a symptom of a, a skewed view of yourself and a skewed view of being alone and spending time with yourself. And I think it's important to say that with everything we must be cautious of extremes. Um, Of extreme time alone. Because like I always say, and like I read in that boundaries book, we are not meant to be an island in the middle of the sea with no one around us. And we cannot do this life alone. And we are not meant to do this life alone or we will not grow in the ways that we could alone. So I think it is important to be cautious of extremes when you find yourself. I think it—it it's it funny because when being alone becomes a shelter to you, which is good. I think it's okay. I think that is good when, when you find that and you start liking being alone again and you, you start kind of a place where you can retreat to when things get hard. Um... I think sometimes people then, like I said, go to that extreme where it becomes an escape, but an unhealthy escape. And they start, they would rather never be in the world, never, never be around people or explore relationships and the world because they know that that's how you get hurt, right? But you can't. Use it out of fear, right? You can't start hibernating because there's a whole world out there still. And so I think it's a lot of times along this path of healing with this journey with yourself and being alone. People, and I found myself doing this, I swung to the extreme of that all of a sudden I was alone a lot, almost too much. And then I started realizing like I'm missing that connection with other people. I don't need it, but I miss it. And it brings something to my life that being alone also can never truly bring. And that you need community and you need friends. And, but you again, like I said, you can show up into those things so much more. With so much, it's so much more unconditional love when you have that inner stability and inner hiding place when needed. So I think it is important. That, I mean, it is. It, it, it Everything. Everything in extremes. Almost everything in extremes, I would say. Life is often about balance. I think some extremes are good. Extreme love. Extreme forgiveness. Extreme compassion. But without balance... I think it can be very dangerous. Compassion. I remember reading... Compassion without boundaries is detrimental empathy without boundaries everything without boundaries and we're back to boundaries everything always comes back to boundaries I swear I swear I swear (laughs) seriously I love it though so I want to leave you with this I actually saw it on Pinterest and it's 50 things or 50 ways to spend time alone and so I challenge you to if one of these resonates with you, a few of them, or just sit and think, what are some things I can do alone? And as you approach them, approach them with an open mind and a self-compassionate mindset and with open arms for whatever surfaces. And that if there's discomfort in the beginning, that's good. If you are, dis- if you are uncomfortable with yourself, that is all the more reason to sit and push through that. So let me read you 50 ways to spend time alone. One, go out for a walk. Two, read a book. Three, watch a TV show. Four, make a new recipe. Five, research something. Six, do an at-home workout class. Seven, paint your nails. Write a letter to your future self. Nine, do laundry. 10, make a vision board. 11, create a music playlist. 12, explore your neighborhood. 13, redecorate your space. 14, organize your closet. 15, meal prep. 16, listen to a podcast. 17, Meditate. 18. Get a massage. 19. Accomplish your to-do list. 20. Take a long bath. 21. Set intentions for your day. 22. Make a yummy snack. 23. Fix your resume. 24. Do a face mask. 25. Moisturize your body. 26. Write a letter to a loved one. 27. Write down things you're grateful for. 28. Head to a new coffee shop or cafe. 29. Try a new hairstyle. 30. Go for a drive. 31. Manifest all that you desire. 32. Pray. 33. Browse your favorite website. 34. Spend time outside. 35. Wash your car. 36. Do a hair mask. 37. Make a list of all the things that are going right in your life. 38. Do mirror work. 39. Stretch your body. 40. Recite positive affirmations. 41. Clean your home. 42. Do your skincare routine. 43, bake something for your neighbors. 44, start writing a book. 45, drink water and hydrate yourself. 46, get a haircut. 47, make a smoothie. 48, relax on the couch. 49, take a long shower. And 50, do breathing exercises. And I mean, those are just a few. There are so many things. And, and a few of those in there, I would say, I wouldn't highly encourage. Like watching a new TV show, I think that's fun. But I don't think that could be categorized as a distraction. But again, things are distractions based upon your intentions behind them. So I think it's okay. All these things are okay, but... It's your intentions behind them, really, why you're doing them. Um, I think that makes them more valuable than others. But I hope today that you can look in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror. (laughs) And realize that you can be your own friend and that you were given you and I read this I read this piece I do not remember the exact wording but essentially it was saying I love myself like I'm someone else or like I would My child. I bathe myself. I feed myself. I tuck myself in. I stretch myself. I clean myself. And I think when we realize that we're someone too and we deserve those things too, I think it's so powerful. So today, I hope you know that you are loved you are seen, and you are heard, and that you can be all of those three things for yourself. Thank you for hearing me.